0: Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Simpia on SAFM, weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. we in conversation next with Clyde Mallinson, independent energy analyst. So South Africans have survived 332 days of load shedding in 2023, which is an additional 127 days more than in 2022. One of the big takeaways from the data shared by the outlier and Eskom Sapush is that we have endured 74 days of load shedding under stage six, highlighting that we are not managing our emergency reserves to overcome breakdown in generative infrastructure to help us understand what the public should expect for the festive season and beyond. We are joined by Clyde Melanson. Clyde, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Uh,
1: afternoon, I'll, uh, I'll Been there, got
0: the t shirt. <laughs> Do you have both? <laughs> <laughs> Clyde, let's quickly look at the data that has come out on load shedding. What I found interesting is during, that m- during the middle of August um, and leading up to the BRICS summit, we had very, very low levels of load shedding, in some cases, no load shedding at all. What happened back then in August that's not happening now in November, December?
1: Okay, so the best way to explain it, Aldrin, is ESCOM are incredibly good at estimating what our demand is likely to be. So they actually produce a estimated um, calc- uh, forecast demand for a year ahead, basically. So at the beginning of the year, they've got a demand forecast for the whole year ahead. And, of course, that demand forecast works. In fact, they're very good at doing it. And the times when they off is they obviously can't estimate exactly when the cold snap will come in winter. Or would it be this week or next week? But generally, they're very good. What they're not very good at is estimating the performance of the coal fleet. So the coal fleet performance, they say, we hope that is only going to be 15,000 megawatts broken. Um, We know we're going to have 5,000 megawatts that we're busy repairing on planned maintenance, and we hope it's going to be kind of like an average flat line of 15,000 that are broken. And if you plot the numbers that are actually broken, it's anything but a flat line it varies from 12 to 20 you know it might have an average of 16 but it's up and down up and down and all i can say is that in august coming off of of winter um, when when it was when it was a bit warmer we'd we'd had those cold snaps in july i remember july was going quite well until we had a couple of cold snaps um we had what i would call a a, a summer holiday if you like in august we, we had a period where for, for no explicable reason, uh, the coal fleet was performing a bit better than average. But you know the horrible thing about average is if you run for a bit better than average for a while, you've got to run for a bit worse than average to bring it back to average, mm. if you know what I mean. So we go through these periods. And yes, during that time when we had the BRICS summit here, they still had uh, money in the diesel cabinet, if you like, in the, in the diesel cash jar. And so they were able to run the OCGTs, you, you know, pretty much at full tilt for that period. So that helped as well. But in a way, they were just lucky that they hit—I don't want to call it a purple patch—but they hit one of those reasonable good runs. And in fact, the same happened in in October. October, we had much less load shedding than I had predicted,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and 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 I think ESCOM were even caught by surprise and kind of then. People tend to get quite sort of bullish about that, and then along came November, and boom, the the the, uh, the, the coal fleet had yeah. a bad run again, and we had, had a particularly bad. So it was almost as if they were up by a month in their prediction. Mm. So so, so I mean, what here comes to say, and geez, it's not looking good at the moment. Yeah, oh.
0: what's our current energy availability factor standing at?
1: Well, I, I, I tend to rather look at what the output of the coal fleet is. Because okay. the availability factor, let me explain to you, it includes the availability, for example, of the OCGTs, the, mm-hmm. the open cycle gas turbines, which, which are pieces of equipment that run on diesel, to you and me. They're big generators. We've got 2,000 megawatts available to ESCOM. And we've got another 1,000 megawatts of OCGTs that are operated by independent power producers. So at the moment, they're all available, 3,000 megawatts available. But guess what? None of them are running as you and I speak now. Maybe they are, but, but they certainly weren't yesterday because ESCOM's running out of money for diesel. So the availability factor is not a very useful measure. You know, the taxi's available, but I haven't got the fare to pay for it. So it's of no use to me. So what I tend to track is the actual output, mainly from the coal fleet, because that's our kind of anchor Mm. supplier. And the reality is that the output from the coal fleet has been on an annual decline for the last five or six years. The output of the coal fleet is literally dropping by two or three percentage points every year. So if we get 180 terawatt hours out of the coal fleet in 2020, we get 172 in 2021, and 100, and, you know, and, and that's on the decline. And that's the important thing to me. Yeah. Um. Not, not the energy availability factor.
0: Yeah. Well, just in conclusion, then, Clyde, considering the performance of uh, these units, sometimes you find that entire midupi doesn't have any unit um, that is online um what 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 should happen now heading into the future also like the short-term goals as well um and i know that you say that you don't really want to focus on the energy available availability factor but ESCOM constantly comes up and says that hey now our energy availability factor like we've seen for instance in i think it was around about april where it was at around a 60 percent saying that next year we should be at around a 65 percent well
1: it, it in a way, ESCOM monitors the energy availability factor because that's the number they use, so yeah. I'm happy to talk about it. Any, any aspiration that tries to lift that availability factor is to be lauded, commended. That's a good aspiration. But in my mind, it's not very aspirational. It's a bit like saying we've got this old fleet of taxis and we hope that more of them are going to be roadworthy next year. And what we should be doing, of course, is
0: gradually
1: taking those old taxis off the road as they reach end of life and putting in new generation facilities that's what you but do but cabinet
0: is saying yeah. no 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 let's uh, let's reverse <laughs> the decision that we've taken to phase out some of these coal power stations
1: well it wasn't really a decision taken because they were being phased out because they had reached the end of life in many cases they were costing more to run than than alternatives and also, remember that many of those old power car, car, car stations have got have got shocking uh, environmental pollution. Forget about CO2, just think of sulfur dioxide and nitrous oxides and the poor people living close to them. We, we, actually, we absolutely have shocking air quality on the high field here. And um, many of those power stations are due for closure they, they get to a point where, where some people will say, we can't issue a safety license for these boiler tubes. They might explode. They've reached in. It's like when a car is not safe to go on the road. So it's not as if we we suddenly have decided we're going to decommission some of these. There's been a decommissioning plan on the table for the last 20 years. Eskom has known when the shutdown dates are. So all the hubris about we shouldn't be shutting these or being forced to shut these things down by the evil West wanting to give us money or whatever. It's all nonsense. We would you to shut these things down, and they're just saying, if you shut them down as you're supposed to, and maybe even look at accelerating that shutdown, it's prudent. We will give you very long-term, very favorable, very low-interest loans. If you don't want them, that's fine. There's nothing forcing. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a it's not a case of anyone forcing us to shut them down. They were due to be decommissioned on Escom's own schedule.
0: Clyde, thank you so much for your time. Clyde Melanson, independent energy analyst, and also with that said, remember that always when it comes to issues relating to decisions that are taken by countries um, at a global level, we speak about sovereignty. So did we exercise our sovereignty when it comes to the just energy transition?